I'll tell you what, it's so wonderful whenever you get the Word of God and you're locked in on it, but yet your soul wants to take you on a journey outside of that, you know, because you need to add to what God has to bring to you, right? Because you're helping Him out, right? <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of strange looks. <laughs> the Lord was very clear with me in direction, and that was there was no direction. He said, I want you to get up there without any notes, and I want you to depend on the flow of the Spirit of God. And I feel like I could do that anyway, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that were born to instruct people. I don't know why. I just like to teach people about anything, whether it's from earthworm anatomy to, to, you know, the finer points of the photosynthetic process. I'm, I just, I enjoy teaching people. So I like notes, you know. But you know, the issues of life are of the heart. Amen. The Spirit of God dwells in our hearts. And the Bible says over in 1 John that we have an unction of the Holy One and we know all things. Now, that doesn't mean that we walk in complete understanding of everything all the time, do we? But with the one who knows all things living inside of us, we have the potential to walk in his mind. Amen. That's what we're talking about. That's what what John was exhorting us about. He's the teacher. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Will you just join me this morning and just uh, let's just honor our King and to welcome the light of Jesus this morning. Oh, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, we submit unto you. We declare your will be done in, on this time, Father God, on this place, Lord God, in this place, as you would see it be done, as the Father has ordained it. Thank you for the vessels. Thank you for the gifts that you've placed in the body. Thank you, most importantly, for the people that you so love that you gave your only begotten. Oh, thank you for redeeming us. From destruction, O God. Thank you, O Jesus, for submitting your life willingly, laying it down, (laughs) so that it could become an eternal sacrifice for us. The blood of that sacrifice of which is speaking even right now. Forgiveness, mercy, grace, and it will for generations and ages to come speak of the tender mercies with which we're crowned. Hallelujah today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us now as we endeavor to break bread together in the name of Jesus. And we'll give you all the glory and praise. Hallelujah is right. Praise be unto the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Well, this morning we're going to just uh, freelance a little bit. And I have a lot of things in my heart. We'll see how the Holy Ghost and I am able to pull those things out as he brings inspiration this morning. Will you turn over to Ephesians chapter 5? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. If you're there, say amen. Okay. 
I'm going to read from the New King James. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now, I've taught before on how to achieve revelation from the Word of God. And if you don't remember that, you can go back and get the tape. It's been, I don't know, a year or two ago. I'm sure it's still available. And then there are plenty of other offerings in terms of teaching on how to get revelation from the Word of God. But one thing you want to always do is you want to look at the context of a verse. How many of y'all have ever had something you've said taken out of context and used against you? You know how often that happens to the Father? All the time, every Sunday. We got ministers that are pulling things out of context and wielding them outside the realm within which they were created and and ordained to exist for revelation. But to achieve revelation, you want to look at at the context within which a scripture is written. And I've just read a scripture that we're going to talk about for a little bit, but I want you to see the context in the preceding verses. And how you get the context is you just see what it's written before and after. Real simple. You know, the Bible largely was written in the New Testament, which is where you need to spend most of your time. Now, I'm not telling you don't spend any time in the Old Testament, but spend most of your time in the New Testament, particularly the letters. Most of the New Testament are letters, collection of letters, starting with uh, Romans on. And we're in a letter here from Paul to the Ephesian church, and there wasn't verse and chapter and numbers and so forth and disjoined phrases. It was a letter, so it had a flow to it. So especially when you're talking about the epistles, when you're reading the letters, you need to read the context of a verse that you're, you're looking at. Amen? I don't want you to back up just a little bit and look in those previous verses, and we're going to talk about those here in just a little bit. But Paul was talking about walking in the light. Well, first of all, let's look at the whole context of the book. Is he addressing this to unbelievers or believers? There's a huge foundation for understanding right there. A lot of times I think you need to understand to whom things are written. This is written to a church. We're talking about believers here. People that are born again, spirit-filled. And when you see some of the things that are being talked about in the previous verses, you might actually kind of wonder to some degree. Amen? But I want you to see that it's important, as the Scripture says, to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. That is the biggest fallibility of man is forgetfulness. One of the largest fallibilities of our person is forgetfulness. We, oh, how soon we forget. You know, and I've said before, you look at the children of Israel, and dear Lord, you'd like to think that after you saw some of the most spectacular things that eyes could ever behold that you would never forget who your God was. You would never forget who's got your back. But how many times did they forget? Went to griping, went to complaining, just within a day after some mighty miracle had taken place. So you have to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. And that's what's happening here. Paul, by the Spirit of God, is stirring up some minds here. And he's talking about walking in the light in these preceding verses. I'm telling you that today, now, more than ever, the light is being challenged. 
your life as Christians, as my brothers and sisters, as we get up in the morning, as we live our lives and walk the steps out, as we determine to try to walk out what God's ordained for us, the light that is within us that founds what we are doing is consistently being challenged with darkness. But the thing about the light is, is that it always has dominion over the darkness, not vice versa. If that was the case, then there'd be such thing as a flash dark. But you don't see that. You see what's called a flashlight. And you know, when the power goes out, if you can get your hands on there, then you can move and operate, right? With You can understand what's before you. There's no such thing as a flash dark, but I'll tell you that Satan would like you to believe that. No, what we're going to learn this morning is about the light. We're going to learn this morning about what it takes to stay in the light. What is the light? Because the bottom line is you can make a choice to walk in the light or out of it as a believer. I'm not, I mean, this letter is not talking to unbelievers. It's talking to believers. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. He's stirring up their minds by pure way, your pure minds by way of remembrance. He's telling them walk in the context of your creation. You've been recreated a new species in Christ. And it is a species of light. It is after the Father who is light. It says, find out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful to even speak the things which are done by them in secret. Okay, and then it talks about awaking. You who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. You know, this morning, that's what we're going to talk about, about receiving the light, about walking in the light, about allowing the light in your life to have dominion over what happens instead of the darkness. But I want you to see that even now, whenever the circumstances seem to be as dark as they might be, there's always the light available for you. But the problem is, or the issue is, you have to make a choice for it to have a place in your life. You have to make a choice to move from a dark area into the light. You can't just expect the light of God to follow you wherever you choose to go according to your plans and will. Amen? You have to make a determination to walk in the light. And I want you to see here in this verse that we started out with that if you do choose to do so, regardless of where you sit here now, if you make a choice, you can literally have the time redeemed for you by the Spirit of God. Listen to what it says. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. If you look at the Greek word of circumspectly, it means to walk like a cat would walk on a fence with glass on it. Or to walk like you would walk through a thorn patch. Or to walk like you would walk down a trail that had a bunch of poison ivy in it, Jim. Have you ever got poison ivy before? I've had some raging cases of poison ivy. The worst one I ever got was from my dog. I was wearing shorts and she rubbed up against me when I was loving on her. And next thing you know, for, for two weeks later, I had horrible poison ivy from that. But if you ever know what poison ivy is and you that used to come to that or have that, you know, generate an issue in your skin, 
You're going to walk. If you see it, it's like, there's poison ivy right there. There's poison ivy right there. There's some right there. That's what it means to walk circumspectly. Again, he's talking to believers here, not unbelievers. He's talking to believers and he's telling them, you, it's your choice here how you walk. You can't just take off down a path and expect the steps of God or expect to walk the steps of God in just this, uh, uh, you know, in just this easy, you know, ease on down, ease on down the road. As the song said. I think a lot of people want to equate Christianity with a tiptoe through the tulips. And it is not a tiptoe through the tulips. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have troubles. But take heart, right? Because he's overcome the world. But the problem is, even though God would order your steps, that doesn't mean you walk them out. You still have a will. You still have a choice to, to walk out what God has planned for you every single moment. And it's walking in the light. It's walking circumspectly. It's walking with the determination and a will to avoid the thorns of life, the poison ivy of life, the darkness of life. Because if you look at any of that stuff that's against the will of God, opposed to the will of God, it's darkness. We're talking about light here. It's darkness. Sin is darkness. Misunder, uh, uh, ignorance is darkness. Lack of understanding is darkness. Anything like that. Lack of wisdom. Darkness. But I want you to see this morning that you're not without hope. Hallelujah. If you will walk as one walking down a thorn patch to avoid the thorns in life, See, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of y'all know the days are evil? If they were back then, then I guarantee you they are now. They didn't have a lot, some of the stuff that we know today in terms of evil. They didn't have technology. They didn't have some of the stuff in terms of just the proliferation, the availability. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this this morning because I want to stir up your hope. I want to stir up your expectancy this morning for those that would sit in a position of guilt and condemnation and sit feeling like they were disqualified from the call of God in your life, that you feel like you've done something this morning to disqualify from you that. By the Spirit of the Lord, I am declaring to you this morning, you walk circumspectly. You make the choice by your own free will. And the word time here, redeeming the time, is kairos. That is a word that means an appointed time. Even though you might feel like the thing that you that God had designed for you has passed you by, you have an opportunity for it to be bought back again if you'll turn your will to walk circumspectly. To walk is wise and not unwise. If you'll, if you'll choose this morning... To get back in the light. Amen? That's a tremendous revelation to me to understand that the word time there is actually kairos. It's not just any time. It's actually the time that was appointed. How many this morning, you don't have to show your hands, feel like that the moment has passed you by? How many of you this morning feel like 
that that which God has promised, the time has come and gone, and we are not going to see the fruition of that promise in our life. How many of you this morning feel like there's an emptiness in your life with regard to that which God has committed to you? I'm here this morning to tell you that we can buy back that opportunity in our life if we'll walk this way. Is anybody hearing me this morning? This ought to be something everyone would stand up and jump and shout about. Because I feel like things have passed me by. I feel like that I have missed it because of my obstinance, because of my laziness, because of the things that I've chosen not to do spiritually. But my, my, the Spirit of the Lord tells me different in this scripture. Right, do y'all feel that this morning? Oh my goodness. The Spirit of the, I'm telling you what, God delights in mercy. He is not one to judge. Yes, He's an eternal fair judge, but you have an advocate this morning. I tell you what, and we, I tell you the deck is stacked for us, folks. We've got the eternal judge, the Father God that sits on the throne. He will judge all. There will be a day when the sky cracks and that time comes that every knee will bow. I'm talking about the ones that you have walked before for 25 years in employment that would be obstinate against the truth in your life. They will bow one day if they don't choose to do it now. You'll see everyone bow their knee. We'll see Adolf Hitler bow his knee. We'll see Saddam Hussein bow his, bow his knee. Everyone. They'll be brought back up out of the grave. It's not just grandma and grandpa that believed in God. It's everyone will be brought back out of the grave, brought before God. They will see the ones whom God has loved and chosen. And they will bow their knee into Jesus and confess him as Lord. Amen. Boy, it'll be a fearful, awesome day. It'll be a fearful, awesome day. But you have the wonderful, not only do you have a God who is a judge over all that loved you so much that he gave the potential for you to get out of jail free. Amen. How many of y'all play Monopoly? But it's, it's way even beyond that, folks. Spiritually, your sin is absolved in the eyes of God. Spiritually, you stand in equal righteousness to Jesus. Amen is right. Amen. Spiritually, for those that have accepted the gift of righteousness, accepted Jesus, you stand as equals to Jesus in the love of the Father. Amen? Oh, my goodness, folks. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, man, the love of the Father is so deep. When we know as we're known, I feel like we're all we're going to do for the first 10,000 years is just walk around and just holy, holy, holy. There's a reason why that the people, that the created beings before God can do nothing but cry holy, holy and that the, the elders before the throne can cry holy, holy because it's a manifestation of, of renewed emphasis and revelation of the love of God. It's not just so much how awesome he is, it's how much he lo- how much he is love. Living, liquid, life, love, vitality, light, 
Do you realize we're, we're talking about the light, putting some focus on the light this morning, that when we get to heaven, it says there won't be a sun up there. Why? Oh, my goodness. Because he will be emanating light. He is so pure, so wonderful, that we're going to walk around in, in light that there will be no shadow. Why? Because there will be no directionality of the light because it's everywhere. No place for darkness. Amen, brother. That's right. I tell you, folks, that if I don't stir you up this morning, my brothers and sisters, we got some problems. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I want you to hearken back to this day when we, when we end up on those streets one day. And I want you to, you, we'll, we'll remember, we'll go up and it'll be high fives. It'll be grabbing each other's hands and we'll be dancing. <laughs> this is no fairy tale, folks. This is the living word of God to us. Hallelujah. To those that would believe. If you would just dare to believe. I feel hope rising up in here this morning. I feel it buoying up. We just got to keep talking about the light and the darkness fades. What's that song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Come on. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord this morning. What is that song talking about? The light. All you have to do is turn your eye this morning. If you find yourself in a dark hole, turn your eye. If you find yourself in a pit of despair, turn your eye. Amen? Walk back to the light. Dear Lord, what are you doing in the darkness? You know, I heard a minister say, people get themselves in these places of despair and loneliness and depression and oh and allow oppression to just paint them into the corner and you know you get to the place where you just want to give up and you don't know what to do and my question and like his question was what else are you going to do you don't have a choice if you're in that place why don't you take the way out it's pretty simple turn your eye Man, I tell you this morning, it's a simple revelation. Turn your eye. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's look over to 1 John. I love John, man. I'm going to go up and talk to him for a little while when we get up there. First thing I'm going to ask him is, brother, you had a revelation of the love of God, didn't you? He's going to say, I'm the one Jesus loved. I'm the one. He's still going to be saying that, I promise you, when you get there. (laughs) And I'm just going to laugh and just say, brother, me too. I might not have written any letters to talk about it, but my heart is an open letter. And I'm the one Jesus loved. Hallelujah. 
And you're the ones Jesus loves this morning. Every one of you. You can do nothing to disqualify yourself from that. The Bible says very clearly in multiple places that Jesus was given before the foundation of the world, before there was ever a context for you to exist and be this wretched, old, nasty thing that can't get anything right done in your life. He was already given, already chosen. Amen? How many of y'all know that? That's how far in advance God had this thing down. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. That does, it, it, I mean, it is. Your mind can't comprehend that kind of love. To know full well what you are going to do. Some of you all even to rail against the truth in your life. Rail against it. Not, not just walk contrary to it, but rail against it. And if I could do it in church without offending people, hold up a certain finger against it. How many of y'all had that? How many of y'all walked that life for a little while? Yeah. Got a brother over here saying, oh, yeah. But do you know, brothers and sisters, that despite that, you were chosen in him. Despite what you feel like is the worst thing you could have done. Romans 5 says, yet while you were sinners, Christ died for you. Now I'm talking to people outside of my fellowship. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, will you hear the Spirit's call this morning? You have done nothing to disqualify yourself from the love of God except your will. If you will just choose to turn your eye this morning, every one of us in this room, we need to turn our eye a little bit more. Amen? Boy, that song is just rolling in me right now, man. Oh, we need to turn our eyes on Jesus. Turn our eyes on Jesus. Let's get into the word here. Oh, praise you, Father God. I tell you what, man, I'm starting to fill up here. I don't, I'll see how far we can get going. Let's just hold up here for a second. There's a frequency, but it's a frequency of the Spirit, says the Lord. I just, I'm just i going to speak out of my heart here for a little bit, okay? Is that okay? There's a frequency, but it's a frequency of the Spirit. And if those that would choose to turn their ears, and I'm talking about the spiritual ears, as Jesus said, that they that have ears to hear, let them hear. But it's the ears of the Spirit, says the Lord. There's a frequency that the Lord has put in every one of us this morning. There's an, there is a particular frequency and note that you are designed to emanate in the Spirit. You are an instrument of the body of Christ. And if the one who has created the pinnacle at the time had instruments of his making actually in his body, how much more my created body would have the instruments to, comp- or to comprise its being? This morning, every single person in the body of Christ is created an instrument of worship unto me. And you emanate, when you allow the pneuma wind to blow through you, a pleasing sound unto me. 
that's different than anyone else. I want to have, this is, I'm sorry, but this is the Lord just speaking. I feel this this morning. The Lord is telling us he wants us to allow the spiritual wind to blow through us as an instrument, as a wind-blown instrument this morning. Would you be that pleasing sound in my ear? I just hear the voice of the Lord this morning. Would you come unto me and before me and allow me to to tenderly receive that frequency which I've created you to emanate by the Spirit? Would you come and spend time because, oh, it pleases me. Man, I feel the call of the Father this morning for worship. The call to worship. He's created every one of us to be an instrument. An instrument. We have a particular frequency that no one else Michelle, you have a frequency no one else can emanate to the Father. Tony, you have a frequency no one else can emanate but you. Every single one of us here have a pleasing sound to bring unto the Father. If we'll just but put our, pull ourselves aside and allow the Spirit of God to blow through us. Amen? Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Whew, glory to God. Okay. Verse 5, verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. This is 1 John. I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 1, if I didn't say that, verse 5. Oh, man, Lord God. Listen to what the Spirit says through John. Why is such a simple message this morning? That God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. I want all of us to say that this morning. Ready? Go. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Let's say it one more time. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. That means that if you find yourself in darkness, then you're away from God. If you find yourself in confusion this morning, then you are outside the counsel of the Spirit. Very simple. No, I'm not bringing a condemnation message this morning. I'm bringing a message of hope. By the Spirit of God. Listen to the what the frequency of the Spirit is this morning He's beckoning beckoning us, beckoning us to the light. But see, there's a problem. We like the darkness too much. Why? See, I feel the Spirit of God this morning. Why? Why would we choose to walk in darkness when the light is imminent all the time? Why would we choose to? Does it feel good? Is it pleasing to you? Is it comforting to you? If I was to come up in here and turn these lights out, and if I could extinguish every photon, every wave of light in this this room where you could not see your hand in front of your face, and for those of you all that are new this morning, in particular this would have application, How many new visitors do we have? Never been here before. Praise the Lord. 
And I, I extinguished all the light in here. You could not see your hand in front of your face. And all of a sudden, I had someone broke through the door and said, Bomb! Bomb! Get out of the room! What would you do? What would happen? It would be pandemonium, chaos. It would be people tripping over each other, stumbling over each other. I would hope not, but I would just imagine that's probably what would happen. You'd hear a lot of screaming. You'd hear a lot of fear, instant panic. All because of one simple thing. Because you don't have the light. Yet how many of us walk through every single day of our lives, the majority of the time spent groping in darkness? Oh God, I just don't know your will. Oh God, what am I supposed to do with this? Where is my provision in this circumstance? Oh God, oh God. And you know, and then you see this situation in the church. It gets played out over and over again. I just don't know what to do, brother and sister. Well, what are we supposed to do? I heard one minister say, what are we supposed to do? Well, let's just pray. Okay, so let's just pray. Well, what are we going to pray about? I don't know. Let's just pray. That's darkness. Now, and I'm not telling you not to pray because that's turning to the light. You need to turn to the light in prayer. But what I'm saying this morning is, is we shouldn't walk like that. We shouldn't walk in the I don't know all the time. And in fact, I believe by the Spirit of God, we need to expunge that from our vocabulary. You have an unction of the Holy One, John says, and you know all things. Amen? Oh my goodness, Candy. We have an unction of the Holy One inside of you, brothers and sisters. I'm talking to you. People outside the camp, come on in. But for those of you all this morning that are fellow believers, my brothers and sisters, I'm telling us this morning by the Spirit of God, we have an unction of the Holy One and we know all things. The potential for knowledge, the potential for comfort, the potential for understanding is all times ready. Ready, 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 ready. Now, I'm not telling you you can just flip a switch and, it, and you know all things because guess what? The circumstances, the darkness that rail against your soul, that rail against your body, that you find yourself in all the time, you have to navigate. Guess what? you got to walk circumspectly. That sounds like something the Spirit of God was telling us at first. We have to walk circumspectly. So that means that I believe by the Spirit of God this morning, every one of us need to take a light in the inventory of our lives. You know, OG&E and CREC, man, they're talking about taking energy audits. How about doing a light audit this morning and looking at the general cross-section of your life and saying very honestly, how much of my life is darkness? How much of my life am I opening the door to, to things that are not light, that are not illuminating, and in fact are alienating me from the light, driving me away from it? Let's get into this scripture. Because folks, if you walk with God, you walk in the light. Because God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. And in verse 6 it says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, who are the weeds here? I'm going to ask you this again. I want to hear it all together. Who's the weed? Yeah. Hey, John's including himself in that. He's talking about believers. Chris, he's not talking about people outside the camp. 
He's talking about believers. He says, and, and so he, you mean, Greg, the Spirit of God speaking through John here is saying that you could actually deceive yourself? That's exactly what he's saying. He says, if you say that you have fellowship with him and you walk in darkness, as a matter of fact, it says you lie and you don't practice the truth. Did you know that lying is darkness? Darkness. Truth is light. So are you saying this morning, Greg, I can be a spirit-filled Christian that I can know and have read my Bible a hundred times, that I could pray in the spirit, that I could pray, you know, every once in a while, and I could pray every so often with my brothers and sisters when I come to church and whatever, and I could actually, like, believe I'm walking in a lot of light in my life, and actually it's only maybe barely a little bit, and I'm feeling comfortable about that? Well, I, I didn't say it. That's what the Spirit of God's saying through John. It says that we lie and don't practice the truth, but yet for those, and I'm not, please don't misunderstand me at all, I'm here to bring a message of comfort and the beckoning call of the Spirit this morning. If you find yourself in depression this morning, guess what? You're in the darkness. You're in the darkness. And you can't say, well, God is in this. Because if if there's no light there, God ain't there. Now, don't misunderstand what, I'm, what I said now. I'm not saying God's not with you, but I'm just saying you hadn't turned your eye. You got your eye on the darkness. And if you have your eye on the darkness, what can you see in that? Nothing. Nothing. I don't know about you, but the last time that it got so dark I couldn't see anything, I couldn't see anything. Pretty easy. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in a strange place and the lights go out, it's a pretty serious situation. Because if I didn't, wasn't able to canvas the room and my environment to understand where things were at, like the chair and the podium, if the, if the lights go out and I've got to walk around in that, I got a potential to bump into stuff, to fall down, bang my head, get a concussion. Maybe gash my head open, cut an artery, and bleed to death. You see how important the light is? Very important. And all I had to do was have someone flip a switch on. And then all of a sudden, it's a whole new game. Oh, I can see. I can walk. So if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. It's time for us to do a light audit in our lives. It's time for us to test the waters of our lives. How much of it is light? How much are we allowing the light of God to really enter? And then here's a very important thing. How much of the light are we inviting? Are we inviting into our lives? Amen, brother. I mean, you've got to invite the light. You have to open yourself and allow the light in. You know, Jesus can stand there all day and knock at your door. And if you don't open it, what he has to bring to you is not appropriated. You receive nothing. That's what Jesus said. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And thank God Jesus never stops knocking. My God. I feel like he's knocking this morning on some people's hearts. 
Would you open the door? Would you invite the light into your life this morning? No more groveling. No more groping in darkness. Man, let's come up out of this dark place. Together. But notice what it says. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, what does that mean? If we walk in the light as he is in the light. You know what? The Spirit of God gave me a very clear revelation of this. Very clear revelation. If I cut out all the lights in this room and I made it so dark you couldn't see your hand right here. It's that dark. I mean, it is dark. There is an absence of light. And yet I step up here with a with a 30 lumen flashlight. Boom, I cut that thing on. What's everybody's attention going to go to? And if you need to get somewhere... Whom do you need to be with to get there in that situation? That's right. The person with the light. Now, you could choose to stand back over there in the corner, and I'm up here with the, with the light, and you can have some comfort. You can have some understanding and realization of what I'm doing because the light is moving, right? But you can choose to stay over there in that dark corner, Charlie. You can choose to stay over there. You know, you know what I'm saying? But, and, and that's, that's really a picture of where a lot of us are at in circumstance. Here is the light over here. This is God. This is Jesus. He's walking because He is the light. But yet we're, and we can, we can perceive Him. We can see Him from our situation, but we're choosing to not associate closely with the light. Do you know that in that situation, if you come up close to me and I got that flashlight, more and more of the situation becomes revealed, does it not? Till eventually you get right up next to And where do you really want to be if like there's landmines out here and you're in a, like a covert operation? Brother, sister, you want to be like right on every step I'm taking with the light. Whoever's got the light, I'm going to do every single thing that person does because guess what? They've shined out the clear path. Walk in the light as he is in the light. He is the light, folks, that we are to get next to. So that means that you can walk in the darkness and the light be over here. And you can perceive and receive a small benefit. You know, to me, just having a light come on in a dark situation brings some comfort to me. It does. It does, doesn't it? It's like, okay, yeah, okay, man, we've got a little light in here. Now it's not showing me where I'm at necessarily proper. But if I can kind of, if I can kind of make my way to the light, and then eventually as I get close to the light, it gets, comes clearer and clearer. And eventually I'm right with the light, and brother, sister, I ain't leaving the light because guess what? He's leading me. He's guiding me in clear, in clear visibility. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And notice what it says. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you want to know this morning why you grope in condemnation? Do you want to know this morning why guilt may have a strong influence on your life? Where it seems like you can't come out from underneath that that mantle, come out from underneath that oppression? It's this right here. You don't have fellowship with the light. Now, I'm not condemning you. I'm, please don't misunderstand me. I'm just, I'm just giving you instruction. 
I'm giving you the beck and call of the Spirit this morning to every single one of us. Do you know every one of us standing here, including me, got some darkness in our lives? Every single one of us. I'm standing here before you with open face. I've got some dark corners in my life. Now, some of it is ignorance. Do you know the the prophet of old said, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You know, ignorance is the lack of knowledge. Guess what knowledge is? That's right. The cartoons had it right. Mary Melodies had it right. Whenever you saw a coyote man get an idea, what popped over his head? That's right. See, that is a type and a picture of the light of knowledge. So if you if you're in a place of of ignorance this morning, you can be you don't even know you can walking in darkness. But that's why all the more you need to be opening yourself and doing a light inventory and saying, God, I open myself to the light. And what does the light do though? It exposes. And that ain't very fun. It's not fun to the flesh. It's not fun to the soul. Oh, but this morning, if you'll listen to the Spirit of God, He says, it is so sweet to come to the place that the light has dominion in your life. Oh, my goodness, don't walk in darkness anymore in those areas. Come up out of that corner and get to the man with a light. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, let's just see one more or a couple more aspects here about light. I want you to see one very important aspect of the light, of being able to walk in the light. Did anyone notice it? We have fellowship with one another. Do we need to talk about this a little bit? It's very important. If you want to do a light inventory this morning and you see areas of darkness... I promise you the majority of them are going to touch this right here. Your relationship with other people. Matter of fact, the most serious ones are going to touch that. Do you notice it says it, but if you'll walk in the light, if you get to the man with the light and walk with him, you'll not only have fellowship with him, then all of a sudden it mediates your potential to have fellowship with your fellow brothers and sisters. Amen. And I'm not talking about just getting together and having good food and watching a football game. And that's great. Let me tell you, that strokes warm fuzzies with me. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I'm talking about communion. I'm talking about where the frequency that God has made me to emanate to Him emanates to you. And it brings blessing that it was intended to bring. It brings release. It brings the anointing for us to become unified and built up so strong that the enemy's gates can't prevail against it. Amen? Well, that made some goosebumps come up. Turn over to chapter 2. Again, this is the letter, folks. John hadn't stopped talking here. Do you think he's disjoined subjects and we're off again to the races on something totally different? Oh, no. Oh, no. You need to just read right on through and understand the context of what's being discussed here. Let's just read the first two verses. I wasn't going to talk about them, but I just want to talk about those for a second. For those that are in the darkness of condemnation of guilt, listen to what this says. Man, this is John, the one whom Jesus loved. 
He just got through talking about walking in the light as he is in the light. And you having fellowship with him and you having the forgiveness of, of sins by the blood of Jesus. Listen, he's got to tell you again by the Spirit of God. My little children, these things I write to you so that you don't have sin. You might not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. Have we talked about that already? I didn't even purpose to talk about the advocate. And you know what? I didn't even finish talking about the advocate. So let's just stop there for a second. You know what an advocate is? It's an attorney. An advocate is someone who can represent you in a legal situation and defend you. Do you know this morning, by way of the Spirit of God through John in this verse, we have an advocate with the Father. The eternal judge sitting on his throne, we have an attorney. And Keith Moore, man, he's the one that does this the best. I've heard this analogy, but I've, Keith Moore, I love that guy. He does this so well, if you've never heard it. But he talks about, the, he paints the, the court of heaven situation. There, there sits the Father God, the eternal judge of all. There sits our advocate, Jesus, just looking at you like, we got this. We got this. And you have been accused of a crime. You've been accused of something. And guess who's doing the accusing? The devil. Accuser of the brethren. Or you know what? Guess what? It could be yourself. You know, and you're struggling with that other aspect of your life that's not renewed unto God. That is coming to the light. Your soul. And you're in a place of accusation. And Jesus, the eternal uh, advocate for us, the eternal propitiation. I was looking for another word for that. The eternal atonement for your sin. Not just a covering, but a remediator of it. He's your advocate. He's your attorney. And he tells you very simply, look, this is in the bag. But you have to do one thing. Keep your mouth shut and say only what I tell you to say. Y'all listen to me very close. This is very important. This is, this is so awesome. I didn't come up with this, but I love it. The advocate so lovely, so lovingly tells you, look, I got you back. And guess what? I know the judge. You're feeling good. You're feeling good because you, you know you got not only a legal representation, but you have the ultimate in fairness and impartiality sitting on the throne, love himself, who chooses to, to give mercy, chooses to above judgment. He doesn't delight in judgment. That's what the Scripture says. He delights in mercies. So you already know what could be the potential outcome, but you've got to do one very important thing. You've got to say only what the advocate tells you to say. And you know what so many of us do that sit in condemnation and allow the guilt in our lives to continue to put us into the dark corners? It's as good as us sitting in the court of heaven and, and as soon as the, the accuser steps up to say, looky, looky, looky what this person has done, we stand up and go, I did it, that's right, I did it, I'm guilty of sin. Every time you, you go into that place of guilt, every time you go into that place of condemnation, it's as good as flying against the advocate's counsel in your life. Amen? Yeah, the blood. We, stand, we, we let the grace of God go in vain for us. Why would we do that? 
Brothers and sisters, I'm encouraging you this morning. I'm not condemning us. I'm encouraging us. We have an advocate. And not only does this advocate have your back, he has your back with his back that was striped and beaten, that was tore open for your punishment that you should deserve because of the accuser and all the things that you did. But because the advocate stands, and if you'll keep your mouth shut and say what his word says and goes before the Father and says, Yes, the accused has this brought before him, but I submit to the court, Exhibit A, my blood on the mercy seat. Oh, my goodness. I submit to for the court's consideration my life poured out a sacrifice because of the one because of the ones that I looked to the joy set before me I did this and there my joy judge o oh honor and the father says the court has accepted this evidence but it don't stop there it don't stop there and the advocate says, well, is it true? I mean, the, the accuser says, is it true? You have done this. You deserve punishment. You deserve sickness. You deserve disease. You deserve poverty. You deserve to die and be separated from him. All elements of the curse of the law. And you do deserve that outside of the exhibit A. But then there's Jesus, your advocate, standing up again. And I love the way Keith says it. He goes, your honor, my father, the accused, my brother, <laughs> your son. I, I mean, it's, it's awesome, man. Every time I listen to it, I'm just like, oh, yes, God. <laughs> I present for the court's consideration Exhibit B, the stripes on my back. I chose to bear the punishment for them that they couldn't bear. I chose to bear the sickness they should have borne in their bodies because of sin. I choose and have chosen to bear the poverty that they should have endured because of their sin and disobedience. I chose to go to hell for them and be separated from you so that they would not have to be. Oh, dear Lord, brothers and sisters. All we have to do is say what the advocate tells us to say and keep our mouths shut elsewise. Let's say what the advocate tells us this morning. Let's, let's join with the light and know as we're known. Let's, let's allow the entrance of his word by inviting it. And guess what the scripture says? The entrance of thy word brings life. Open yourself up into the Word of God this morning. The living Word, not words on a page, but the living Word and the Spirit. Allow that to come into your life and bring light this morning where the darkness is at. And say only what the Advocate tells us to say. What does He tell us to say? That you are the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus. That he who knew no sin became sin for you so that you might be that righteousness. That by his stripes, not only we are healed, but we were healed. And if we were, then we, then we are.
Amen, brother. I believe that is something to laugh about. That's something to get happy about. You, every one of us have an ability to stand in the court of heaven this morning. And guess what? By that blood, come boldly to the throne and look full in the face of the Father and cry out, Father God, thank you. Thank you for choosing me in Jesus. And I align myself with that. Go over to Jesus, your attorney, and just grab a hold of him and give him just a bear hug and say, oh, Jesus, thank you for doing what you've done. Forgive me for not lining up with what you've just given me so simply to do, and that's just to say what you've told me to say, just to stick with the script. Oh, man, walking in the light as he is in the light. So we didn't even get down to the fellowship part yet. So let's do that right quick and we'll close. Oh, Jesus, thank you for, thank you. Thank you, just simply thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, my heart is just full of appreciation for my advocate this morning who has so aptly represented me many times. And he'll aptly represent me again and again. Do you trust him this morning? Do you trust his counsel? Don't sit here this morning and despise the grace of the advocate. Don't sit here this morning in darkness and allow the light to be in vain, to vainly shine. It's there for you. Oh. Look at verse 9. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother. Read that again. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in, is in darkness. Okay, so I'm going to ask you again. Who's John talking to here by the Spirit of God? Oh, yeah. Why would he use the word brother? That'd be stupid to use the word brother if you're talking to people that were not believers because they're not brethren. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness. He who loves his brother, and this love, if you'll look at the Greek word, is not phileo. It's agapeo. It's the God love. It's the love that you can't generate. You can't come up with this love. But I'm here to give you a secret this morning. The Spirit of God has shed that love in your heart. Now, you might not know it's there because guess what? You haven't, you haven't appropriated it. You haven't walked in that yet. But you can this morning. That's the light. That's doing a light inventory and saying, how much of my life is judgment? How much of my life am I? And you know what? You know why Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged? Because there's only one judge. And it's the Father and you're related to him. Don't screw this thing up. Again, this is the counsel of your advocate. Say what I tell you to say. This is what judgment does. It's not just because it's like this sin and we don't really under. But a lot of us are like, what, you know, what does it really mean? Well, I mean, what's the deal? I mean, they deserve. You know what you're doing? You're putting yourself in the throne. 
And you're exempting the ability for agape in you to be delivered to them and by and thereby forfeiting your position with agape. I'm going to say that again. When you judge people, when you stand in a position to not release them for what they've done, judgment is unforgiveness. It's bitterness for what someone has done that you're holding them in contempt. You're standing in the place of the judge, of uh, the, the, the real judge. You're putting yourself in that place ahead of him and saying, I have a right to declare what they deserve, not you, God. And thereby forfeiting your place and receiving of agape that God really has for you to be a channel for, for those people. It's a choice. It's a choice. And it's all because we choose the darkness instead of the light. And it says if we'll walk in the light as he is in light, we'll have that, that connection. Those connections will be made automatically. As we walk in the light, as he is in the light, those divine connections will be made for fellowship, for communion with one another, for the eminence of the frequency of the Spirit of God that's in me to you and from you to me. Because guess what? I need what God's put inside of you, Jim. I need it, brother. But that's the problem with judgment is we're saying we don't need it. I don't need what Jim has. And in effect, what you're doing is it's as good as you just taking a pair of dykes and cutting the finger off or a pruners and taking your hand off. That's as good as what you're doing. Because guess what? We're members of one another. And for you to stand in a place of unforgiveness in a place, that's how serious unforgiveness is. For you to stand in that place, you are lopping off a member that you, that you need. You're lopping them off. You're putting yourself in the place of judgment. Now, I'm going to take that even deeper and we're going to close. What about yourself? What about condemnation and guilt? What about you beating yourself up all the time? Is that unforgiveness? Can you, can you stand in a place of unforgiveness against yourself? You know, the Bible says to love your neighbor as you can't agape your neighbor if you don't agape yourself. You know, that's where a lot of people's love rock goes wrong, goes awry. They don't love themselves. Now, I'm saying this in the right way, not the wrong way. I'm not saying haughtiness, ego. I'm not saying machismo. I'm saying the love of God for you valuing yourself as God values you. You see what I'm saying? When you value yourself as God values you, you can then value others as he values them. That's another way of saying that scripture. Love others as you love yourself. You're a value. If you value yourself as God values you, you can then be released to value others as God values them. Man, that's awesome. I've never heard that before. The Spirit of God just blew that up through me. Praise God for the teacher. So that's how important it is. And with regard to yourself, it's the same thing. If you will not forgive yourself, if you choose to stand in a place of judgment, you put yourself in an authority over God in your life. And you disengage and you disqualify yourself from his love. Don't do that this morning. That's how bad condemnation is. That's how bad guilt is. 
That's how bad living as a brother and sister in Christ under that yoke of darkness is because you have, you are, you're choosing to disqualify yourself and sit in the dark corner when all the time the light is right here and all you got to do is run to it. Oh, dear God, all you got to do is run to the light and say what, say what the advocate tells you to say. Every time the accuser comes, just say, nope. I, even though my mind is, is just like seething with this desire to grovel in this, I'm choosing to declare what my advocate declares over me. I'm forgiven. Notice, when you walk in the light as he is in the light, what else did it say? You have forgiveness. See, there, there, you want to know the key to release in your life, to release it from a judgment in your life? It's walking in the light. From release and judgment to your brothers and sisters, it's walking in the light as he is in the light. Do a light audit this morning. Allow the Spirit of God to show those places. And most importantly, invite it. Oh, dear Lord, invite the light. Why would we shut the light out? Oh, man, let's invite it this morning. Listen to what verse 10 says. He who loves his brother abides in the light. You think that relationship with other people is not serious? It's as serious as your ability to walk in the light. If you're not willing to make those changes that we've talked about, then you're going to disqualify a lot of light from your life. You've got to walk this way. You've got to make a choice by faith to love your brother and sister and and thereby abide in the light. And look what it says. Then there's no cause for stumbling in him. No cause for stumbling in him. If you can get that one thing right, you will live like Jesus lived. I'm going to say that again. If you can get this aspect of relationship right, You'll live as Jesus lived because that's what he said. All the commandments can go away, but this one, it it can all be summed up in one, right? We've already said it. What is it? Love, yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There it is. Fellowshipping with the light as he is in the light and then having fellowship with others. That's the love. That's the commandment right there. Boom. In action. You all see that? And there's no cause for stumbling in you if you'll do that. You know, but yet so many of us are like, I've got to stop cussing. Man, this cussing thing just got a hold of me. I can't stop cussing. I've got to stop whatever it is. Insert blank. I, got, I just have a hard time with lust. I can't get this lust out of my life. I have a hard time with, you know, anger. You know, allowing anger to just I fly off the handle. Well, I would say, brother and sister, if you'd look back to this scripture, if you would stop and and, and have fellowship with the light, walk with the light as he's in the light, and then allow that light to to then be transferred to others in the relationship you have with them, there'll be no cause for stumbling in those areas. Or else this scripture's a lie. And we know it's not a lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And look what it says there. But he who hates his brother, in verse 11 is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. That's an interesting uh, analogy because light's what blinds you usually. 
you know, but to say that darkness blinds. But anyway, praise the Lord. Will you stand with me this morning? Praise God. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I, I tell you what, like the old preacher said of old, I preach myself happy this morning. <laughs> you don't have to talk about him very long, man, and, and man, your confidence starts to go up. Your courage starts to go up. And the darkness, like the song says, fades away. Let's, let's sing that song right quick. Will you all sing that with me again? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace. Oh, Father, that's our song this morning. Let it be the song of the Spirit, Father, and all my brothers and sisters as they leave, oh God, this week, to turn our eyes. Oh God, I'll turn my eyes. I make a choice with my mouth to turn my eyes in my life to the light. I invite the light of God in my life where I stand right now before my brothers and sisters. If there are any dark corners, places of ignorance, we just invite the light. Amen? We invite the light this morning. Jesus, you are the light. And we invite it. You all just invite the light this morning. We invite you, Jesus. Come into our lives. You know, the scripture talks about holding fast your profession. Let's just declare... Once again, Jesus, we confess you as Lord. We invite the light into our lives. We thank you right now for your having come into our lives. And we declare that you are Lord. We believe that you were raised from the dead. That you conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. And we just continue to confess that. Always, 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 Jesus. Thank you. And if there are anybody here this morning that has not invited the light of God into your life the first time, that has not had the Spirit of God pour that love into your heart, that has not been recreated a new species in Christ, a child and a species of light, I would invite you to come forward this morning. I would invite you before these people to declare your identity with the light. I don't believe in a flim-flam grace. It cost my Savior everything He had. And if it cost him that, the least I can do is walk down and make a confession. I'm not condemning nobody, but I'm just, I'm, I'm a believer in the strength of the grace of my Savior. And it is worth us bowing our knee. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I just invite you this morning to do that. Are there any this morning that would come? Please come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we're just grateful this morning for the word of God. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just pouring the word into our lives and for becoming a fixed seed that's going to produce fruit in Jesus' name. Amen.